Welcome to the Pump It Up Podcast. I'm your host, Fab Sab, and today I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Graham. My tag is 4199. I use it for all my rhythm games and pretty much any account that I make online. Cool. And uh, for those who maybe aren't familiar uh, with my guest today, uh, he is a BC player, and this episode is actually all about the scene in BC that is uh, British Columbia... Canada for those international listeners and we're going to be talking about and contrasting it to other pump it up scenes maybe more specifically the other um, areas in Canada but just in general what it's like in different areas and playing all kinds of dance games I guess so to start off um, where how would you describe uh, the scene there maybe like what games do you guys have when it comes to dance games and um, how many arcades are there etc so um I'll start off with uh, in February this year, the arcade CHQ in Metrotown, which is one of the biggest malls in Vancouver, I'd say. They got a Pump It Up Prime 2 cab, which was very exciting. Um, for the longest part, our community was centered around ITG for like over 10 years, I'd say. Um, I wasn't part of that when that was around, but um, when we got it, there were some doubts as to uh, how popular it would be because of the old-fashioned uh, ITG mentality that so many of our old-school players had. But uh, it, it did catch on. We had a few regular players at first, but then I could see that there were many, many newer, uh, less experienced players that were coming out and trying the game, like people who were starting off on like sixes and eights, new faces that I had never seen before. It was quite a stark contrast to uh, seeing the same people every weekend at the arcade playing ITG. And I thought that was pretty great to introduce that new element of pump into the community. I think just, sorry, I'm just going to say something about that, actually. It's really interesting. I noticed that um, here in Ontario as well, something about when Pump came out, it was really refreshing because I haven't seen new players in the dance game community for ages. Like I was also uh, part of the four panel scene, a bit more DDR than ITG, but they're both kind of, they have an overlap. And something that happens or that was happening is that everybody was just an old style player, as you said. And I was surprised to see new people getting into dance games. And that's what really happened with Pump, I think. I think that's why uh, Pump is so great, because um, as the timing windows may be bigger, it may be slightly more inviting to newer players. And I know that's just one factor that may go into it, but I think there's something about Pump that seems slightly more friendly than DDR or ITG. Maybe it's the big screen or the K-pop or popular songs that m- many more people would know than the stuff that was crammed into ITG or DDR. But um, yes, it is exciting seeing new players. And Pump does feel refreshing to the BC community. And I'm glad that it's there on the East Coast as well. 
for sure. So I guess continuing with that, so uh, sorry, I just interrupted you there. You're talking about how in February you guys got a cab. Uh, which one was it? Was it an LX? No, no. Um, we got a CX cab. And this was because uh, the cab was not bought by... Um, the cab was not bought by CHQ, the arcade. It was bought by someone. I'm not going to say who. Uh, they they bought it and put it in CHQ, I guess, for the community, I, I suppose. That's a, that's a pretty nice favor of someone to do. Uh, I find that the more privately owned machines that are put in public arcades tend to be the best maintained. And so it was a CX cab running uh, Prime 1 or Prime 2? Oh, it was running Prime 2. Okay, that's good. Uh, I find like if you mod any pad and uh, maintain it well uh, compared to just an LX cab, like there is a difference, but if you take care of a CX cab, it's not too bad. I didn't know that there was a difference in pads between CX and LX. Uh, when our cab arrived, it had the uh, new LX cab decal, uh, pad decals. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I find that the difference between them is not really that big of a deal. Uh, the main pad that I think has the most difference are like the way older ones that have the more, uh, as I like to call them, craters in the pad where the arrows are, as it makes bracketing a bit more tricky. You mean the the pads with the old triangle brackets? Yeah. <laughs> we actually have... Uh... I think we have one old cab like that in Vancouver. It's owned by Cineplex. It's uh, it's a Pump It Up Pro cabinet. It's an FX model, so it still does have those bracket pads. I'm pretty sure they're completely unmodded because they're owned by Cineplex. <laughs> oh yeah, those are usually the low tier ones that you see in like random malls and arcades and things. Still, it's a it's kind of fun to play on if you happen to be at that um if you happen to be like early for your movie or something like you're not going to be playing 18s or anything on them but it's pretty fun especially seeing the uh the way that it was designed similar to ITG and that's what I kind of that's something that I really like about the pro version like how they use the ITG scale to rate the charts, how there's a uh, modifiers button, how you fail after 30 misses, just certain things that uh, you can tell were brought over from the uh, in-the-groove team mentality. You can totally see uh, Kyle Ward's influence there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for the uh, it's interesting because for the, the old-style pads, actually uh, in Ontario... At a Palladium, we got uh, LX Cab in October, I believe. So up until then, people were playing Prime 1, but the Prime 1 Cab we had, um, the main one that people would play on, had those kind of pads. So some of the older players are used to it. Um, we did Ooh. have one Prime uh, 1 Cab that had the more flush pads, um, the newer ones. However, it was in a further location, so not as many people had access to it. Oh, man. I didn't know that. Sorry, where did you say this uh, cab that people mainly played on was? Uh, it was in Palladium. Actually, we we still have it. Uh, we have the Prime 1 and Prime 2 cabs uh, right beside each other back to back. Well, that's pretty cool. Kind of like new and old style. 
I find it interesting. I've I don't really see like even online. I rarely see prime one cabs with a with the L bracket pads. Like usually, prime one cabs are CX or newer. That's kind of interesting. It must have been an upgrade that Palladium got, right? Yeah, what, it was an upgrade. What what cabinet is it? Like, what is the cabinet model? I I honestly wouldn't know because I didn't get into pump until it. I I believe it was a NX A. I'm not completely sure. I know it's been there for a very long time, uh, but back then I was more of a DDR player, so I didn't pay much attention. <laughs> I I was referring more to the uh the physical cab model. Like, was it was it the pump cab that looks more like the DDR cab, or was it um? Yeah, I think it was, I think it's a TX, or is that what it's called? I'm not completely sure, but it does resemble a DDR cab quite a bit. Oh yeah, that might be either GX or SX. I know those are very similar. Oh, actually, you know, now that you said it, it, it is the GX, I believe. I think I've heard that. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, You said that there was a, there was a, I I guess it was implied that there was a DDR scene. Uh, what version were you guys playing? So, um, Palladium, although they are an arcade, they're owned by Cineplex, and they're not the best. So they've gone through a lot of DDR cabs. They used to have, like, it's also very old arcade. Um, they I think they had, like, First Mix really back in the day. But um, I remember... Uh, Supernova and Supernova 2. Supernova 2 was the last one that they had and probably the one they had for the longest. But um, eventually, a couple of years ago, you could see the uh, pads out in the back in the dumpster because they let them go to crap. So No way. Uh, yeah, that's why I started playing Pump because the uh, we did have DDR Ace a little bit later, but um, it was a lot further for me. So uh, as much as I wanted to play mostly four-panel, I started getting into five panel for convenience and then I ended up liking it a lot as well. Yeah, I have to say that um five panel is kind of kind of as you said again, it's kind of refreshing. It's uh it's a pleasant change. Although uh, sorry to hear that you live so far away from DDRA. It's kind of like a so close so far kind of thing. Uh I wanted to ask about um is going <laughs> kind of funny but uh did anyone snatch up those pads from the dumpster because i sure would <laughs> i you just know, saw those hanging out yeah i actually i wish i did but honestly when, when i saw that i think i was like a lot younger so i didn't have the means to do such but i would totally like if now if i saw that i would take them and fix them up myself and keep them but i really don't think so though the way that they handled them like they were actual like crap like there was a time funny story a little bit off topic but it's hilarious um the pump cab uh the old one back in the day uh one of the arrows broke i'm sure you've seen those famous pictures where like the stomp arrow literally has like a stomp through it and it breaks Um, mgh yeah uh and they replaced the uh pump uh broken arrow with a ddr panel um (laughs) Yeah, so that just shows how much they care for their DDR machines. Like, they literally use the DDR machine to fix the pump machine. I don't know. 
I love how ghetto that solution is. You know, Cineplex should have realized how much money they could have made off of that supernova cab or whichever one was in the dumpster. Yeah, I know, right? Like, somebody would have bought it. Um... People will pay, like, I mean, just for the pads alone, people would pay, like, $1,500 for the pair of them. I mean, that's that's a steal. Yeah, uh, and even uh, the, uh, the internals of that, uh, like, you can run a lot of other Bimani games off of that. So just having the uh, cab itself would be nice. Yeah, too bad Cineplex doesn't look that far into their issues, especially such a specific one as a DDR cab. We could literally have an entire episode on why Cineplex sucks. <laughs> oh, we could have an entire episode on why CHQ sucks, but uh, that's a completely other subject. Oh, right. We were supposed to be talking about the British Columbia scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you were uh, you were talking about the CHQ cab? Yes. Um, I, I can tell that um, the players that go there, there are kind of tiers of people who play. And uh, the top tier are those people who, when the cab came in, they racked up plays, and they're still racking up plays, like 300, 400, 500 plays in a matter of months. I mean, hell, one of the, one of the managers of CHQ, he got to like 100 plays within a week or something because he just loved the cab so much. Um I'd say that those are kind of like the top tier players because they've gotten the most experience and frankly the most the highest scores the highest passes the most consistent the most consistency uh then you have the people who migrated over from itg or ddr to five panel so some of the people who have been in the community for longer sorry um so we've got a few people there who are starting to play because of the uh their experience with ddr and itg and just rhythm games in general they started around like s16 because they have a good foundation and knowledge in rhythm games (laughs) and then uh i guess the next tier of players are the newish players who are picking up they're not quite just random people who happen to be in the arcade but um I've seen people start playing. They may or may not have a card, but people with their friends playing like S8s or like S11s. And I think that's really cool. That's really important to have those new players. Oh, returning back to that point. Um, so this cab has definitely let our community expand a little bit. Expand a little bit from the mostly 80% ITG that it primarily was for i'd say the best part of 10 years probably more yeah for sure it's interesting you go over the tiers i think that's something anyone can relate to but uh you can't forget the normie tier or the uh the kids (laughs) that walk yeah the kids that walk in front of the pad that's a that's a tier that nobody wants but it seems to be in every arcade i've Uh, witnessed it firsthand several times um one of our players here actually he uh one day i wasn't there for this but he told the chat 
we have this uh, Vancouver Dance Games chat of the CHQ buddies. He told the chat that um, one day there were these kids who were messing around with him like nonstop while he was playing. Like they're trying to steal his loonies and stuff that he just kind of flipped out on them. <laughs> and he, he went back and reported this to the chat and he said, I don't know, guys, I feel kind of bad about this. Like I shouldn't have been like yelling at children. And the best part about this is that 90% of the chat was like, Oh, I mean, these kids deserve to be told because, <laughs> like, every I think ninety nine percent of dance game players can relate to little kids either running across the pads or like grabbing the towel from off the bar or like touching you or <laughs> just yeah. getting in the way and just, like. Not yeah. gonna lie, on a on a on one of my worst days, I slightly nudged a child off the pad and. I'm not going to say push, just slightly nudged. Oh, darn. <laughs> Hope the parents weren't mad at you. The the parents were literally just watching. And, and literally, I was like, um, do you mind moving your kid? Because I was playing singles and he got on the pad beside me. And I kept saying that. And I'm like, I don't want to step on your kid. But I was ranking and I was on my first song, so I wasn't going to fail because of that. And so I just like as I was I took one hand off the bar because the kid just started coming closer and closer. And I just slightly pushed him to the side and then he just stared at me and then walked away. And I was like, "Okay, cool. Live and learn. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I mean, failing for a song is that that's a that's another topic altogether. Mm. (laughs) That Um, feels. Yeah, it was interesting also how you talk about the old ITG players, so or the ITG players coming in, and that's kind of I guess what tier I fit into. Though these days I seem to be playing uh, pump a lot. Like I think the first week I got like a hundred plays, but I didn't have a card back then. But definitely uh, since when I got a card, it, they were racking up like crazy. Uh, but uh, what was something interesting I was wondering is uh, so here in on Ontario, like. There were, there the ITG scene was big, but then it kind of died, and so the people that started playing Pump were not really actively playing for panel at the moment. They kind of just retired or became more casual players because of the there being no means to play or very little means to play. And then so when they came to five panel, they didn't play DDR at the same time or ITG for most of the people. Um, for me personally, I'm actually one of the few people, one of the only people I know really, um, that actively plays both four panel and five panel I guess due to um, just the dedication to DDR and having a home pad uh, so I was wondering if in BC was it like the the ITG players that have come are they from an active scene and is there kind of like an overlap in the scenes or were they just retired players looking for a game to play well I don't I don't think the four panel scene necessarily died here but it most certainly is not nearly as popular as it was, say, eight years ago. Um, or, huh, yeah, maybe even like 12 years ago. Uh, looking back, I stumbled across quite a few vids on YouTube of these old ITG tournaments at uh, CHQ. And this was way back when uh, CHQ actually had two ITG dedicabs right next to each other, which must have been great. <laughs> uh Apparently, there were tournaments, quite a few tournaments hosted there. 
with like 30 entrants or something like that. But nowadays I can barely even name like 20 people who play ITG here anymore. I think that uh, ITG really had a, it made a spark in the dance game community and that sparked here in Vancouver as well. And it was exciting. ITG was new. It was hard. There were customs and stuff, but um, it did kind of dwindle out. It declined over time. And then we have, I'll talk about when I, around the time that I started playing, which was March 2017, when I got to meet all these guys at CHQ. This was before Pump, obviously. Yeah. Um, there were p- lots of people, when I say lots, I mean like at least 30, who regularly played ITG and DDR there. I I got to know them. I played with them. I mean, I think last year it was more popular than this year. I mean, you'd have like two pairs of three people waiting to play all the coins on the little ledge underneath the screen. Um, And I'd say about maybe half the people who regularly went there had been there since those old, since the good old days, as they call them, since the uh, 2008, 2010 tournaments and stuff. But we did have a few recent players who had been playing for like one or two years. I do find it interesting that um, after all this time, these people uh, still still come and play and they still enjoy the game. Um, well, that's the thing about dance games is that once you start, you don't really, you can't really eliminate them for your from your life. Like, I guess I've been playing on and off since I was four, so very long time in the scene. And uh, mostly the only reason I took breaks was just either like uh, my home pad was too bad, uh, there was nowhere to play, there was this little bit when the scene kind of died, or just other life responsibilities. Uh, But I I find people always seem to come back. And it's also kind of interesting, like with the... uh, talk about the rotation being a lot bigger, like with all the coins and stuff. We recently had um, at Rec Room in Toronto, there's a now a whiteboard there so you can write your name uh, for who's going next just to keep track of all that because there's been days uh, like at some of the more popular arcades where there's a one hour or more wait for your next turn. So it's crazy. Wow, that is insane. I do love the little bit of organization that you have with the whiteboard, though. That's great. Um, I I wish that CHQ and Pump It Up were that popular, honestly, but um, there is that double-edged sword of having to wait. <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, as someone who's been in the community for a very long time, and for most of the uh, popular times in the community, I was a lot younger, and so... Um, like most of my friends when I played for panel or even now are at least like 10 years older than me. And so uh, I've got a, I can uh, relate to that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so it's interesting in pump now, one of the, I guess, older or average age players, um, really weird feeling. But anyway, so back then, maybe when I was like, 10 or something a scene was at its peak and i would play um i would go to the arcade occasionally and uh uh when i was around like 13 i got a like metal home pad um and so i was like 
in the scene, but I wasn't able to be fairly active in the scene just for the fact that I couldn't go out every day and go to the tournament. So I kind of felt like I missed out on that sort of thing. And so seeing um, how things are now and everyone talks about the good old days, uh, I, I really feel like it's coming back to that. And uh, just for most of my life, I've kind of always wished, uh, especially uh, I think it was... 2015-ish, 2000, no, maybe 2013-ish up until the last year, the dance game scene was pretty dry. Um, and in that time, I really just, I would go to the arcade and be completely empty. And I just would wish that there was someone else to talk about dance games with locally or play with. And so on those days when it the rotation does get bad, I'm like, oh, like, I just want to play by myself. It's so annoying. Kind of think back to that. And I'm like, well, I don't think the community would really be what it is without other players like some days it is a bit frustrating and annoying that we don't have more cabs or that all the cabs are full uh but in the end i think it's better to have a community uh even if it is a bit big yes i i have to definitely agree with you there um annoying rotations versus uh no rotations um i i i feel that uh, sense of missing the community or missing it when it was at its peak because, I mean, I certainly did. Like I said, when they were having all those tournaments, like I was just a, I was just a child. I was really young. I wouldn't have actually even been able to understand what a dance game was back then. I mean, you're never too young. I seen this video of this kid. Shout out to him. I think his name is like, he goes by John Duffy. Uh, he's like, I don't know, 12 or something. And I see him playing DDR doubles 19s and he can barely reach the bar. Oh, crap. So, is that that Japanese kid who lives in America and it always plays at Dave and Buster's? Yeah, he's insane. He's uh, crazy. Yeah, I think I look back on old videos of me playing like, I was happy that I could play expert songs when I was 10, but the expert songs in DDR now versus back then are crazy different. Yeah, no kidding. Like, an 18 can be an expert nowadays. Yeah. If I if I had discovered DDR, like, when I was younger, like when I was 12 or 11, I probably would have played the hell out of it. <laughs> when I could, obviously, because, you know... I mean, I don't know if my parents would let me take transit like 30 minutes out when I was 11 by myself, but... um. Yeah, totally. Like, when I got the opportunity to play, I didn't know when I would play again, so I would play hardcore. Uh, I had my birthday at Palladium every single year from, like, age 8 up until... Uh, two years ago um and then i started having it at dave and buster's because they got ddr um but yeah it would be an excuse to go play and uh made my parents buy me a home pad and things like that i would play like almost every day after school and things like that that's exciting yeah it's a very addicting game (laughs) you know i should have my birthday at an arcade sometime i've kind of missed my last two birthdays for actually doing something with friends i kind of just like oh wait it's my birthday and then i don't do anything but um i actually i went to dave and buster's by myself last year just because i didn't want a rotation i just wanted to play ace i didn't tell anyone i was going there for my birthday i think i had a separate little thing with some other friends for my birthday but 
I mean, I ended up running into people I know because the community is so small. People are like, oh, isn't it your birthday today? I was like, yeah. Uh, but no, on my birthday, I just go to the arcade and just play a bunch because it's such a fun game. Isn't that nice? I mean, that's a great birthday present for yourself. One of, <laughs> I think one of my, I don't think it was my birthday present, but uh, since I don't drive, <clears throat> my mom did me the kindness of driving myself and a few friends down to Seattle to round one. And whenever I get the opportunity to go to round one, it's like, I'm just like a toddler in a candy shop because it's like every it's single every single rhythm game you could ever want for like six hours go nuts it was it's always great i mean down there there is a ddr rotation which does take quite a while to get into but that's why you go earlier in the day um that that day was really fun because it wasn't just like me myself and one friend uh, there was another car that drove down on the same day. Our community kind of planned out a day to go to Seattle for round one. We had like eight people total, and it was just like a complete rhythm game fest. Total, lots of fun. Ate dinner together. That's always nice. But yes, um, it is good to spend uh, spend time to yourself sometimes. Give yourself a good present for your birthday. It's funny because uh, people who know me, it's it's sad because that trip sounds fun to me, but there's like a few things about it, like going with all those people kind of kind of makes me cringe a bit because uh, people who know me know I literally care about dance games a bit too much, a bit more more than people sometimes. Like I'll, I'll do a thing where I, I purposely won't tell people I'm going sometimes because I want to play and especially at around one. I would probably, and this sounds insane, but people who know me would be like, yeah, like low key, not tell anyone and then go like two days early and then play by myself from open to close every single day, even if I have to go by myself and pay extra and then tell people, oh yeah, I'm going down there. Let's all meet up. <laughs> and then so so I can get, get as much play time as possible. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty weird. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny, but um, playing on Ace... I mean, every time I go down, because I'm with other people or because there are other people that are already there, I don't play as much as I would like to. So that's actually, that's pretty smart that you get a few days worth of uh, playing out before you go down with your friends. I mean, I wish I could do that, but um, I can't drive and the buses down to Seattle take like four hours and that's absolutely no fun. Oh yeah, exactly. I I also don't drive, and so for me to play DDR Ace, um, uh, in the school year now, the university I go to is uh is a bit closer. It's about a one and a half hour train ride to get there, which is a bit more expensive than the average public transit. Um, but then it, uh from the uh, last summer and yeah, usually in the summers uh, when I'm at my parents' place, it's about a two and a half hour commute. Uh, so. To play DDR Ace, and then because there's so many pump cabs, it uh, can be anywhere from like an hour-ish to um, two hours. But right now, my pump commute is around half an hour. Oh, that's nice. It's around the same for me. Although um, my pump commute is also my DDR commute and is also my ITG commute because CHQ has most of my dance game needs. <laughs> that's convenient. Really- 
It um we're actually very fortunate. I don't think this is talked about enough, but uh CHQ actually has a DDR X3 cabinet, a Japanese import. Oh, is it the um X3 versus third mix? It's X3 versus second mix. Second. Okay. And it's a really 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 great cab to have because um you don't have to deal with uh setting up network or anything, although that's another topic entirely um we're very fortunate to have it because as many bimani geeks know it's the it was the last game before the uh, emus required to boot cutoff thingy oh yeah so- and uh, also sorry just to say something but for anyone who's played on a ddrx like any of the american versions north american localized ones they're crap the japanese ones are where it's at like uh when i went to the big deal they actually moved the ddrx cab out of the way so people can sit because they know no one's going to use that crap is it one of those uh really bad cabs that was converted from like a guitar hero arcade cab uh it's not not that bad but it's just the uh, the game itself is actually bad one the pads were made a bit differently and so the sensors themselves aren't the best but even if you fix the sensors the ui is terrible and the gameplay is terrible and there's this like happy mode or whatever where all the songs charts are like um cut like it feels like they're on cut because they're way too easy and they're these weird easy difficulty alternate charts and if you're spamming the start button like i did the first time i played because that's what you do when you want to get through the annoying menus you accidentally press happy mode and now you're playing everything on like super easy difficulties with no speed mods and you're like wow who would want to play this that actually happened to me because uh our x3 cabinet uh, while it is Japanese, it does have that same happy mode, and it is the first thing that is selected when you <laughs> actually put a credit in, which is pretty unfortunate. Um, and I have gotten stuck in it at least three times. And Ugh. the worst part about happy mode is that you cannot fail, which means that you either walk away from the game for 10 minutes <laughs> or uh, slowly just die inside a little bit playing all the beginner difficulties yep how, I, uh, how... i used that opportunity to practice my freestyle because i was bored out of my mind oh yeah we actually have there's this one guy here who uh he's a very good ddr player he has like he has like 50 pfcs and like a bunch of double a's on 17s du- like a double a on an 18 or something he's very accurate but um one of the really amazing qualities that he has is he also loves to freestyle <laughs> and he'll do um he does a double freestyle as well and he does this move called a bar hop which is Ooh. what it sounds like you just jump over one of the bars and some charts actually have a small gap in it where <laughs> they're prime for bar hopping and he always talks about that in our in our Vancouver dance games chat that's hype yeah also I was wondering so you said uh the c sorry I forgot the name c chq chq okay um chq has pump itg and ddr are there any other places with pump um 
there are no places currently that have Prime 2. However, there we have two very sad little cabs that are sitting in Extreme Air Park, which is this trampoline park. We have two trampoline parks. Um, one of them has a Fiesta 2 TX cab, and one of them has a Fiesta 2 CX cab. And it's really sad that <laughs> we have those uh, nice, big, expensive cabs, but they're sitting in a trampoline park and... They've been there for a few years. No one has bothered to purchase or move them because not that many people play uh, played Pump before CHQ. Um, there was there is this other uh, there's this other arcade that you may have heard about. It's called Espot. Uh, they had this one location, this very small temporary location in Vancouver with this old, old, old pump it up exceed cabinet that lasted like two months or something (laughs) i don't know that location closed down because of illegal issues of something i'm not gonna go into it but um pump was really really just non-existent despite us having cabs before chq got um their cabinet that's interesting because uh now in especially since, as of, I'd say, 2013, um, with dance games. Uh, well, ITG's dead. Um, and so for when it comes to DDR versus Pump, Pump seems to be the more um, accessible game just for the fact that they're not Konami. And Konami is just like, oh, you can only have our game if you're Dave & Buster's around one. You can only use it with eAmusement. You can only do this. And they have too many regulations. And so the reason I think that... Um, Pump has become so prevalent in Canada and popular is just because um, Andamiro will sell them, or even if you don't buy it directly off them, like it's easy to just buy it, upgrade the cab if it's not already Prime 2, and just get it online. There's no monthly service, there's no fee or anything. Um, actually, I was wondering, do you guys, uh, so your the Prime 2 machine you have wasn't purchased directly from them, so where did you guys get your cards from, or do you guys use USBs to sign in and for accounts? Um, so I believe that the guy who bought the cabinet, I think the cabinet came with like 10 or 15 cards. And so he sold those at like $12 a piece, which is kind of expensive, but it was the only place to locally get cards. I forget whether he ordered a new batch or not, but, uh, I think the arcade has run out of cards now. I... I am currently on a USB profile. I use it for ITG as well. I've seen maybe like one or two other people using them, but uh, it's not really a good idea because the USB has some downsides to it, such as not having access to card-exclusive charts like Boombaya D17 or Boombaya D uh, S16. I actually don't know anymore. That's interesting. I actually never knew there were card-exclusive charts. No, it's kind of frustrating too because you literally cannot buy them either in the store. So you need to buy a card or live without them. Especially for doubles, that's annoying too because like for a singles chart, you can play with someone else, but for doubles chart, you can't unless you use someone else's account. Mm-hmm. I actually did that one time when I really wanted to play that Boombaya chart. I actually just... Funny enough, unlocked it recently. I didn't even know there was a D17, but I've been enjoying doubles a lot more. 
Um, I think in five panel, what's interesting to me is I've never been a doubles player, but I, I'm starting to like doubles more than singles in five panel. Um, and so I've been going online and unlocking all of the higher difficulty doubles charts I didn't know existed, and I still haven't played it yet, but I'm excited the next time I go to the arcade to try out the D17. Yeah, I know that feeling. Uh, I had a... When I realized that there are requirements for, like, when you had to actually clear a song in order to buy it, I had a few sessions where I, uh, I just ground out the easy, like, a D12, D13s that you had to clear before you unlock the higher difficulties. And, like, <laughs> there is that kind of sense of excitement when you unlock it at home and think, oh my god, I have a new song next time I'm going to the arcade. And, um, Adding on to what you said about five panel doubles being like more attractive, I guess, or you switching to doubles after not being a doubles player, I actually switched to doubles and never went back to singles just because of how damn fun it was. Like, I played doubles nonstop as soon as I got the hang of the center four panels because that was a that was a reading difficult uh learning curve i should say and i think it's a it's a learning curve for a lot of people who start playing doubles but um once you push past that learning curve it is totally worth it because um for everyone listening for anyone who may or may not play pump doubles is the most fun game game mode in pump that you'll ever play it's amazing it feels way better than ddr or itg doubles just because the pad transitions in those in that game mode didn't feel nearly as fluid as they did in Pump It Up. Like when I play doubles, I almost forget that there are two pads. I it just feels like I'm on a ten panel dance pad, like it was made for that. For sure, it's uh, it's so clean, and especially from a freestyle perspective. Not that I am a freestyler, but. Pump is way more natural with the uh, turning movements. Um, and just a quick note for people who want to get into doubles. I recently um, comprised a Google Doc, which is just kind of a tier list with little notes of all of the uh, difficulties for like everything up to like, I think D20 something. So starting from like D9s or something. So if you want to get into doubles and you're trying to break into certain levels and you don't know which ones to try because it's kind of... Uh, scary, I guess, to go into a doubles song not knowing if it's going to be crazy or crossy or anything, uh, then that's a good chart. It's pinned currently in the Discord Pump Talks main channel, um, or uh, anyone can just DM on Discord, FabSab, hashtag 5202FABSAB, hashtag 5202 if they want the uh, Google Doc link. But yeah, it's a uh, great way to start with doubles and once you yeah like you said once you get the center down i think the main hump for me but it could just be a i'm not super tall and super strong thing is now it's the ends that seem to trip me up it was also the config but i found playing co-op gets me more familiar because i used to be stepping on the metal over the pads but now it's just stretching from end to end is just so painful and tiring but that's uh that's something i'm working through and when you say stretching to end to end, you do you mean like stretch jumps, like the stuff that uh, Red Swan has? Yeah, a mix of both actually. There's two sides of things I think. Yeah, like the Red Swan or like sober 
50, 17, I believe, like the literally my legs cannot stretch like that. Or um, I don't know if you've seen, I'm going to butcher this name, Aculias D16, Achulias, Aculias, Aculias. Oh, is that like the Mexican song? I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. It's, I think Achulias, Aculias. Oh, I think I know the one. It has piano. It sounds kind of like Halloween-y. Yeah, that one. Um, And it has a little creepy background. But basically, that's really fast streams from the very end of the left pad to the right pad during the chorus. And I don't act, I wouldn't mind it too much, but I find they're a little bit broken as in um, you really have to know the pad well because they're so fast. Uh, it doesn't go like from one arrow to the one beside it to the one beside it. It will skip arrows in between, but you're still streaming from one side to the other. But it's not a gradual stream. It's like a stream, but there's a bit of space between it. So you're, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you're running across the pad essentially, and you really have to know where you're going and pull your body really fast and just stretch your legs, um, really quickly and things. So that's something that you really that's a uh, that's the bread and butter of higher level double <laughs> doubles charts, really. Like, um, I know what you're talking about where you have that stream that goes back and forth across the pads, where it's kind of like a quote unquote neutral game stream, I guess. that may not necessarily go in a in a staircase across the pads but it snakes back and forth yeah you'll find oh sorry yeah you'll find that a lot in the higher level doubles charts sorry go on i was gonna say yeah the lack of staircase is what makes it hard because when there's a staircase it's easier to just go one foot beside each other and so you don't really get lost on the pad but oftentimes i find i have the foot speed for it and i can go and think i'm landing on the arrows but i'll get a bunch of misses because i'm actually just not stepping far enough or in all that chaos i lose where i am in relation to the pad and the screen it's <laughs> between the um screen and the pad and everything it just oh yeah i think playing at the same location is interesting i was going to ask you so i assume you usually just play all the prime two cab um but uh, at like chq um, but what I've noticed is that when I go to every different location, the distance from the screen to the pads seems to be dramatically different. And so if it's closer, I tend to lower my AV. If it's further, I find I can read at higher speeds. Sometimes the pads are even tilted. Shout out to Dave and Busters for having them on an angle and tilted and tilted in like three different ways, like tilted in every way possible and then just uneven flooring. And they've nailed it to the ground with a wooden box so you can't move it but anyways my point is that when you play on different pump cabs it really throws you off especially for doubles and so I think it's an interesting experience as someone who always plays on the same pad it's nice because you have that consistency but at the same time if you ever go to tournament or you just play somewhere else it's something that you have to get used to this is why warm-up is important (laughs) yeah um I do have to agree with you. There are lots of different locations and lots of different configurations with the pads and the screens, and that does kind of throw me off. Like when I went to Seattle round one, they have two pump cabs there. They're both TX cabs. One is Prime 2 and one is Infinity. Love Infinity, by the way. I think it's got to be one of the best pump mixes, even though it's not the newest. Uh, When I played there, they have the pads like... I don't know, like five feet back from the screen. That's a big contrast to what we have at CHQ because the pads are like a normal ITG pad 
length away from the screen, aka one or two feet. And that makes a difference for me because I'm slightly nearsighted. So when I'm on the pad scrolling through songs, sometimes I can't actually see the BPM. It's a little bit blurry. And I thought that was kind of funny when I was in Seattle. Oh, that sounds awful. That's a shout out to, I think it was Alex real quick. Cause it just reminds me of the funniest thing. I was at Palladium like a couple days ago and he's just like, in order to be dance game, to be good at dance games, you need three things, uh, three essential things. Um, I think eating well, drinking enough water. And then the third thing he said was working vision. And so I just remember that I'm like, well, if you can't see the screen, then you can't play the game unless you memorize everything. Unless you're Chris for life. Yeah. So well, funny. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's uh, funny uh, that you bring up Chris because like uh, Chris and uh, Funga and some of the top players, there's something you'll notice if you ever see them in a tournament, they adjust to pads really quick. Like they'll go on a new pad and it's just like nothing to them because they play on so many different pads and they don't uh, let themselves complain or things like that. They just get used to playing on every single different type of configuration, mods, flush, models uh and which is easier when you live in the u.s so when they go on new pads it's like oh yeah this pad is like this this is the distance okay i know how to play on it it's fine yeah i i I haven't really had the chance to play on many different ddr pads because um we only really have one good cab here (laughs) it's in chq but uh i did find that when i went down to seattle the uh their ace cabs their pads were modded well i assume they were modded like unmodded pads would be a pain to play on but uh they were definitely deeper than chq's pads because we don't really know how to mod ddr pads so we kind of mod them like itg pads so that was quite different playing on uh the ddr pads there they had all the triangle brackets in whereas the pads at CHQ have the center triangle brackets removed, as you would do on an ITG cab, which wow. I... It, it's a it's a weird mentality, because... um, Well, I'd have to explain the whole process of how pads are modded here, which is kind of off-topic, but... um, Yeah, I think you were right there when you said that the top players have to play on a lot of different pads when they're just going about because i'm sure there are lots of different cabs where yeah, they live it's a sad, sad uh funny actually that you say i'm just thinking right now a ddr pad modded like idg cab like i'm envisioning that i actually want to try playing on that i mean i've played um i've played ddr songs on an open itg cab and it's it's quite a different feel so i'm trying to imagine if that's what you're used to playing then playing on ddr like it's more tiring one because of some crossover stuff and higher difficulties but two like just because you can't do that itg thing where you slide around during the streams and barely move your feet and things like that like you you do have to move a little bit more um but yeah it's something else i was gonna say okay i forgot but yeah darn (laughs) Uh, something about modding pads and triangle brackets. It's fine. You know what? You just just keep talking about the pads, and if if it comes up, I'll I'll say something. All right. 
So I'm not sure how long we've had this X3 cab here, but the previous owner of CHQ bought it for CHQ, I'm pretty sure. His name was Graham. Funny enough, that's my name as well. Um, he he seemed to at least acknowledge the dance game community, and he actually, I mean, the fact that he bought, well, he went through all the trouble of importing a newer DDR mix was amazing. I mean, I wasn't around for that, but I think that's pretty cool that when arcade owners acknowledge the rhythm game scene. Uh, yeah, we definitely need uh, people like that. I love when um, things like that happen. Like at Palladium, we had to, or I wasn't really even part of the scene back then, but they had to beg them. Uh, that was the first place to get an LX cab, and the players had to just beg them to buy one, and eventually they bought one. But Nation's Experience is really the closest to that because they have two <laughs> LX cabs. They let us mod it and do everything. And all the Nation's has two? two lx cabs it is beautiful it's the best place to play there are like no normies there when they are they're very respectful i I don't know where these people come from but there are very respectful kids there somehow um but yeah there's a most of the hardcore players will play there the sensors are always in uh top condition the wi-fi is fast we actually have a capture card set up to one of the um one of the uh cabs like we we can uh we've practiced like or tried uh streaming from it unfortunately the wi-fi is pretty crap for streaming but it's uh you know it's it's still pretty decent yeah i mean two lx cabs capture card setup the, the staff being great about just maintaining the machine that sounds like a dream arcade to me oh and not to mention it's literally in a grocery store so if you want cheap food you can get bananas for like five cents each and it's like an asian grocery store so they have like a little food place there with also cheap food uh it's nice but that place has had like 20 people there at a time and like hours of rotation so uh sometimes and the people who go there especially in the summer like uh it's quite near to a high school and there's a lot of kids there that uh yeah and so they got good really fast a lot of them actually work there um but they'll just be there like the entire day like it's the hours aren't that good unfortunately because it is a grocery store i think it closes around nine I think 10 on weekends, but people will get there at opening, which is 11 and just stay there the entire day. So uh, during the school year, I I just like to go while I know kids will be in school. Um, But yeah, I also remember the thing I was going to say earlier, it was just a random little uh, thing about tournaments and things. The first tournament I entered an ACE tournament, uh, it was like the first time in two years playing on another ACE cab, which was like the, the first time I played on an ace cab was a location testing in New York, which was just like a little thing. But uh, since we got ace in Canada, I just played at Oakville. And so I went to um, Grapevine to play on their cab. And I didn't really adjust to it that well. And I guess I had really bad MA back then because I didn't know what timing was. But essentially, I was knocked out. It was single. No, it was double elimination. But I was knocked out by someone who could barely pass 14s and my level cap is 18s at the time just breaking into 18s and <laughs> it was pretty bad so oh man i would i would be so frustrated if that happened to me yeah most people tend to underperform on tournaments i mean i was tired and the humidity there was pretty bad but in general it's like uh something 
something to be interested in. And like you said as well, being in Canada and especially Vancouver, like you don't really, or like, I guess is, I'm assuming Vancouver, but like. BC. Yes, Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, being in Vancouver, there's not really any other um, good cabs to play Prime 2 on. So you can't really adjust. So there's not really a way to get around that, but it's just something fun to keep in mind. Oh, this is something worth mentioning that I forgot to uh, run by earlier. Uh, there's this city called Abbotsford, which is like maybe an hour drive out of Vancouver, which isn't that bad. But uh, they actually got their LX cab. They got an LX Prime 2 cab before we got our cab. And when I saw that like this was a thing, I was like, wait a second. Why would they put it there? No one lives there. <laughs> like it's... I am obviously exaggerating when I say that no one lives there. I think it's like 250,000 people live there, but um, it's definitely not a big city. And what was even more strange was that uh, this cab was at this little family arcade, like this family-owned arcade. And it's like a lot of people were confused because they're thinking to themselves, wait, how did this family arcade just buy a $17,000 cabinet for a game that may or may not actually make that much money oh my gosh the mystery of that that's literally the equivalent to uh there's this place called neb's fun world in the middle of nowhere but funny enough like uh it's it's also a family arcade i'm like where did they get this money this nice new shiny lx cab stage break was off for the longest time i I don't know if it still is or not because i keep trying to talk to the people there but um uh turns out because i said i have a long commute um from my parents place like uh my dad lives like kind of closer to there so for me it's only an hour or less or if I get a ride or something like half an hour and there's like never anybody there because who there would play dance games so far and I just every time I go there uh it's so empty and I just wonder like why why did they buy this cab like they're mostly they make most of their money off bowling and things I mean I'm happy that it exists but it's such a mystery to me it's like I just want to ask the management why pump how like all these cabs popping up in the weirdest places that's literally how the scene grew you know that i think that's pretty funny and i i love little stories like this but um something i did find out uh about this arcade in abbotsford that may be the case for this little arcade that you found is that um the cab was actually owned and maintained by cineplex so they would actually send well, if this information is correct from what my friend told me, apparently that they send uh, Cineplex techs or a Cineplex tech to check up on the machine from time to time, which I think is pretty interesting. And it would also explain why um, this little arcade managed to <laughs> obtain this huge machine. So maybe that's what happened over there. I just have something to say. Um, Cineplex is the Dark Lord. We hate Cineplex, but unfortunately, Cineplex owns everything. Like, literally everything. I found out that Playdium was owned by Cineplex. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, Rec Room is owned by Cineplex. Cineplex is the Dark Overlord, and we're getting, like, a bunch more Rec Rooms opening in 2019. Um, and it's also Including Cineplex. one here. Yep. Uh, that's that's going to be crazy, but... Um, I actually I know the tech who works at the family arcade and I don't believe he has any connection to Cineplex but it wouldn't surprise me if they're just outsourcing machines to little arcades because in recent times Cineplex has seemed to 
be on the LX cab hype because everywhere except for Nations Experience um, has gotten an LX cab in Ontario, every Cineplex arcade, um, which is, it's bittersweet. Uh, well, yeah, there's that. Cineplex may be the Dark Overlord, but they're the Dark Overlord that brought us a new dance game scene. So I guess there's there's that. Yeah, it's like... Uh... Love-hate relationship. Yeah, essentially. It's like they get this beautiful thing. It's funny because when Rec Room got their LX cab, they didn't maintain it. They wouldn't open it because they were scared to void the warranty. So it was like this beautiful LX cab um, in a very central place, Union Station downtown. Very easy commute for most people. But um, the arrows were so unsensitive. I was like stepping really hard on the pads like i'm i'm not like the heaviest person though but still like i'm I'm still like i should be triggering these arrows like i'm jumping on the arrows uh half the sensors aren't working it wasn't online even so it didn't have the newest update and they tried putting it online but half the cards couldn't sign in it still wasn't updating and people with custom um charts couldn't sign in and that was how it was up until recently the only reason it did get modded is because Rec Room wanted to have a tournament and they asked us to help out. And so in order to have a tournament, um, we would have to, we told them we would have to open up the pads and mod it. So literally like the day of the tournament, they let us come and um, open it up and put it online properly and everything. Just crazy. Cause I think when they first opened, people actually went out, bought a Wi-Fi extender because it wasn't updating because the Wi-Fi was too slow or something. And they gave them the Wi-Fi extender. And Rec Room's like, nah, we're uh, we're corporate. We're under Cineplex. We don't we don't want to be tinkering with this. Uh, the cab came like this, so it's like this. But for anyone who knows new Alex cabs, they come uh, with very bad pads. Actually, old dance game. When you buy them, the pads are terrible. So. That is a train wreck. <laughs> that's that's really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I got to experience stock L, uh, quote unquote LX pads when CHQ got their machine because they it got shipped there. The plastic was still on the pads. They turned it on, and yeah, it was right open for business right when it was there. And I played on it the first day. Yeah, not that good, but um. What you're saying about Cineplex not wanting to like void the warranty or mess with the machine or whatever. I think that's kind of ridiculous seeing as Cineplex has owned lots and lots and lots of dance games in the past. Like I would you would think that they would know better than to completely close off the cab from any modification or improvement. Um anyway, I was going to ask uh I don't know if you were involved in the pad modding, were you? Uh, somewhat. I've uh, for Rec Room, I wasn't there, but I saw pictures, and most of my friends were the people modding it. Um, for Nations as well, I saw it uh, as it was getting modded. Uh, I know the people who modded the pads in the community, and I know a fair bit about modding pads, but have not uh, had the opportunity to mod one myself. But if you're wondering which mod, I believe it was a business card. I think that's the most popular one we have in Ontario, the business card mod. So you just put the business card inserts underneath the L bracket? Uh, yeah, there's actually a website. Uh, I don't know if it's like Hack My Cab or something. You can look it up. There's, Ooh, yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of videos on YouTube of how to do it. It's not really that hard of a process. 
um i think for playdium we actually just sent the tech a video or something or told them about it and they modded it they foam modded it i think um but all the other places if we have the opportunity uh we just do it ourselves uh but it's funny you say about like uh i guess cineplex not learning i think this might be another episode but like there's a something to remember that a lot of people forget and especially with rec room they literally reminded it to me to my face multiple times when i asked them why wouldn't they mod the cab or put it online is that uh their main customers are the average people aka what we call normie tier um and the average person won't notice if it's dropping a hold or not um the average person doesn't care if it's online or updated and the average person comes in and makes money because they make most of their money off of food or redemption games so someone who solely plays pump it up barely gives them any income and as a pump it up player it's actually not that expensive of a hobby uh so they really don't cater to us even the average person that plays a little game of pump and then walks off the cab and then plays a bunch of other stuff um that's who's making their money and if we come in all the time or not it makes a slight difference to their perspective because most people i know don't even buy food from the arcade so unfortunately that's the case which is why i like the more privately owned places that kind of understand the scene a little bit more that's kind of sad but i guess it's just business um what i don't understand is uh sure they i mean they don't need to cater to the community so much but um like it does it's not expensive to mod pads it's not expensive to get the cabinet online like the online service is free that should be easy enough um i mean i don't know how how they go through all of that officially as a company but um like if they weren't trying to cater to the community and if they were really trying to cater to the average customer as they say they wouldn't have bought a seventeen thousand dollar dance game machine they would have bought several other redemption games <clears throat> so they bought uh, this f- oh sorry they bought say, this that's for a exactly reason how um how dance games kind of died for that time period before pump it up really became popular it was because they realized why are we buying these things um That's that's kind of sad. Although I think Prime Two is special because it made it connected everyone in the world, and the cabs were really easy to get, so they got shipped out everywhere. <clears throat> I mean, hell, you could you could buy one, you could buy an LX cab for your home, plug it in online, and you're good to go. Like, I think that's why Prime Two is very special i don't know if prime had the same features but um it's funny because actually prime had a better server than prime 2 from what i've heard and um there was well i don't know if you've you've yeah you've been on the prime piu game website for prime 2 it's pretty crap there's and recently we've had so many score saving glitches but the glitches aside because that's not an intentional design um you used to be able to go online and look at the world best and region best and the record of recent plays would actually show ranked versus full not full mode for everything and there was a bunch of other leaderboards and just things online that are way more crucial and when i hear about that i'm like that would be so cool and they got rid of that in prime 2 um which is really backwards to me that's another thing that andamiro really has to work on in my opinion is their user interface uh 
many people will disagree with me, but I don't think that Pump It Up itself has the best user interface. And the website certainly does not, with the uh, laggy background and the uh, the page is slightly hard to navigate. It seems like they always have at least one site, one part of their page under construction. Um, For sure, but and, it's, uh, it's interesting. What about the user interface? I mean, I know the Pump It Up game website is crap, but as for the actual uh, Prime 2 cab, what about the user interface do you not like? Well, um, I'll compare it to something like DDR, especially DDR-A. Um, DDR-A did a really good job of not only showing the cover art of the song as a visual cue, but the name and the BPM stuff the all the info about the song is made very clear and it's very organized and neat and i like that however with pump it up um i i do the interface looks nice but it's not as good as it could be whereas uh the background video and the uh cover art is the main if not only focus of the song i mean even now sometimes (laughs) I kind of forget where I need to look for the song title and BPM because they're in this very small white text that are scattered around the screen. For sure. Um, I I see what you mean. I I thought that was what you mean, but I didn't. I just wanted to confirm. And I 100% agree. It's flashy, but not functional. And that's the same reason that I don't know half the song names. I mean, I could barely pronounce the name to that song earlier just because I describe songs by, oh, the one with these anime girls and blah, blah, blah. Um, but unfortunately, and even if Andamira knows this or not, they won't change the UI, I don't think, because Prime 2 has been their most successful game. And um, they if you go on the Pump It Up gallery and things like that, you can see a lot of like average people. I mean, you can't look at someone and tell they're an average player, but like, you know, some random people like doing poses. You know, actually, that's a bad example. You can't tell. But when you go to like, I don't know, when I go to Rec Room, which has a large uh, normie, quote unquote, population, they get interested by the game and they want to play it. And so really, um, with the newer games, some of the things they've done are just trying to... Um, uh, I guess, appealed to the more average and casual player. Because when you first start out, um, the pump menu may be simple and just very visual to us. But I even remember that it confused me a little bit. And well, I guess I was coming from DDR, so I was just used to something else. But if they bombarded the menu with information, which would be so helpful and what we want, it would confuse a lot of the newer players, um, which the newer players could eventually turn into hardcore players, but they wouldn't play the game in general at first if it wasn't for the menu. I think there's a solution to it, and that's why they added full mode, because they don't want new players accidentally playing hard songs or going to the options menu. I think if full mode made the menu look a bit different, that would be nice. But at the same time, from the perspective of someone watching, if they saw this really complicated thing, they may not want to play, and that's why they got rid of BJ Dark, because seeing a bunch of arrows with a black background, like ITG style, looks very intimidating and not fun, as opposed to, like, K-pop dances and things like that. Are you talking about removing BJ Dark for the, uh, the prime I guess, two. normal... Uh, like, sorry, not BJ Dark, BJ Off, my bad. Um, but for ranked, that's always been, but I meant like with BJ Off, because in the older games, you used to be able to have the black background. Um, right. But something they really did with Prime 2, and clearly it was successful, 
is they just tried to make it as visual and quote-unquote normie friendly as possible and that unfortunately means that they don't focus as much on the um, informational things but I mean Andamiro makes more they make redemption games I think they make like some kind of like Spongebob game too or stuff like that's where they make all their money you know it's not pump and yeah the, the people who work there really care about pump and everything um but they're their business after all just like cineplex and everything and like if they don't make money they can't make a new game so they have they know that if they make it look really flashy it's going to make money because from a normie perspective if they see ddr they're going to play that because ddr was such a big success in the home pad uh or the home i guess the home console community back in the day so like they are like oh yeah i played that game at home i want to go play butterfly or something so at least when they see pump and they see the colorful menu and the pictures and the k-pop videos they're like okay uh that's less intimidating i'll try that game i'll put my eight credits or whatever in there maybe i'll walk off mid-song because i don't know but you know it's it's just something to draw people in um which sucks but that's that's yeah that's the problem with arcade music games is that because our scene even if we play all the time and are constantly paying it makes so little money to them that they're forced to cater to more hardcore player or no forced not to cater to hardcore players uh the only music game i can think of that caters to hardcore players is like 2dx but that's barely available in america it's only at round one and um in japan it's everywhere but they actually understand and have a big enough hardcore scene that they can make money off of it so it would be nice but not profitable and that's why people have to like have their own home UIs like simply love and they I mean you can play pump on that and like um I would prefer to play pump on that but most people wouldn't I see um it's funny that you mentioned 2DX um I do agree with you that 2DX has a much cleaner I mean 2DX really does cater to the competitive part of rhythm games I mean if anyone has ever played 2DX, they know that when uh when you see someone playing and they open up the start menu, you're just overwhelmed with a screen full of like just a face full of information. And um, well, that may seem like just the cup of tea for the average competitive player with the customizability of that and everything that doesn't look so good for the average player. I mean, even Although, as someone who plays at home, uh, I play on LR2 mostly, um, but I've played on the PS2 versions and such, but um, and themes that look very similar to the um, arcade versions. Uh, when I went to play in the arcade for the first time, I had to have a friend nearby to show me how to uh, change the speed mid-song because uh, sometimes during the game when it starts, you... Uh, have to press start and scroll or like press different keys it's different in different games and you just see people pressing stuff and doing things while they're playing and as a person who played the game it's just like it was confusing to me and so now that i'm used to it i love it and i think objectively um 2dx is the best music game uh just from everything they include the ui the gameplay everything like it's the best music game to exist but um there's it's for a very small audience of very dedicated people and i don't see new people getting into it and if they do it's because a friend helped them out um or something like that and it's 
definitely not making much money. I think Konami said they wanted to make it an eSport, but then again, they called DDR an eSport, so who knows? Oh man, I didn't know that they called DDR an eSport, but I do remember hearing those rumors about 2DX. But yes, 2DX always has had a very small audience, um, though, like you said, it may be objectively a very good game. What I would like to see, even though I know this won't happen because different companies do different things, is a pump as a game. If it were to take inspiration from the functionality of DDR or ITG and introduce it into their game, and I'm not just talking about gameplay, but also a functional and clean-looking and functional website design, and I think that would make pump a lot better like even maybe just making the modifier like the command window just adding some nicer things into there like hmm, maybe like uh down scroll being fixed <laughs> that's one thing i can think of because i primarily play down scroll on dance games but um <laughs> when they said they wouldn't there... fix it that was uh that's beautiful I don't know if you heard about Man. that, but they said they wouldn't fix it. Oh, uh, no, I, I was I was one of the people who was outraged at that. I mean, not necessarily outraged, but I think that their reasons aren't very good. I I know they said something about downscroll messing up quest mode or something like that, but there's a fix for that. Fix your bugs. <laughs> yeah, or just don't let, just when you're in quest mode, for the certain things that downscroll breaks, just disable DR. I think that's a good idea. And the the other nail in the coffin for DR, I think, was when uh, it forced both players to play DR. I, I really don't know what the motivation behind that was, because then it just forces both people to play in the same configuration. I heard something about... A simple demand. But, uh, nope, they really can't, like, why? Yeah, I agree with you. So outraged. I think it's just because, um, there aren't enough people who care about it. <laughs> like, if you were to take all the pump, I mean, every single person who's played pump, and then you slice off the dedicated people, which is maybe like 30%, 40% maybe. Not to and mention then you there's slice... already barely anyone who plays pump. Yeah, and then you slice off the people who play with DR. Then you have this incredible in min minority of minorities who may or may not have complained about this issue. And I really don't think it's worth Endemiro's time to fix a bug, especially if their bug team would have to go through maybe an hour or two hours of work to get it done. But hey, you never know. Welcome to a Pump It Up podcast, things we wish would happen but will never happen and we will cry about every single night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and this is supposed to be about the VC scene originally. Oh no, it's, uh, the title will just be a bit broad. Um, but no, this is actually really interesting. I think this is a bit more, I'm kind of glad it went on a tangent in a way because uh, maybe not everyone, especially more international people, really care to relate to another scene. I mean, in general, talking about different scenes is something everyone can kind of relate to, but I think these are 
also interesting things that aren't talked about enough. Uh, but yeah, we are just uh, indulging on all the amazing things that would be that we would put in pump if we could, but we never will be able to. But it's still fun to talk about. So um, <laughs> wonderful. Land a job at Andamiro and infiltrate their development team and just do whatever the community asks you to do. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know people who have visited Andamiro's team and helped with that. And I, if they can't do it, then <laughs> we definitely can't. Um, Andamiro, going to their headquarters and stating your demands. Yep. Uh, if you're out there, Andamiro, listening to this podcast, thank you. Um, please fix your stuff. Um, but actually, I think I think they have an ulterior motive with this DR bug. I think just programming dr into the game is too much effort for them and it's too many bugs to fix and as we've seen by the servers they're very lazy and have terrible people working <laughs> so in um by this whole we don't want to fix dr public announcement thing they're actually forcing dr players to learn how to read regular because dr players are too weird for them so um the already small dr community is getting smaller because they're all being forced to read regular and then by the time the new game comes out, they'll just be non-DR players. Uh, so Andamira will just forget to put that in the game and not have to worry about it. Or they could just do what Infinity did and actually put a reverse scroll option in, but I guess that's too hard. Oh, that um, would make <laughs> too easy. That would make Pump too much of a good game, you know? Like, I... Yeah. It can't be function. It's That's too functional. <laughs> yeah, this isn't um, simply love, man. This is uh, This is Pump It Up. Pump it up prime too. Uh, welcome to hell. I did hear about there's this one guy, Ta- Takumi. He might he might have uh Oh yeah, DR player. Yeah. Yeah, one of one of my fellow DR players, he's talking about how he's going on and off from regular scroll and DR just because of how DR has kind of, like really deterred him, especially with like their their further advancements on eliminating dr from the game as it seems um although that's especially hard for him and it's not as hard for me because he plays singles mostly and when you're at a busy place like the rec room if you say hey you guys mind if i take this set by myself because i'm a dr special snowflake like no one's gonna listen to you no one's gonna want to sit there and watch that vacant p2 pad go unplayed um yeah whereas in my case, if I play doubles, uh, p- most people, I hope, will respect the fact that doubles is amazing and is very prominent in the pump community and is almost like everyone needs to play doubles, especially if you're on the leaderboards. Hmm. So, I guess that uh, forces him to play rank then because if he's playing singles by himself and it's full mode and uh, no one's on the other pad, then that's a waste. So he has to rank it or else everyone's going to stare at him and be angry. Yeah, I bet. Another thing I don't like about rank mode is that... Uh, here we go, right? <laughs> that it forces you to keep the background on and bright and annoying and distracting and i think this is this is very counterintuitive to what rank mode is rank mode is for pro players who want to play with a tighter timing window to challenge themselves themselves and to uh climb the leaderboards so you'd think that if you're playing this harder game mode you would be able, you would want to be able to focus more without a bright background but um seems that andamiro thinks otherwise you're literally <laughs> reminding me of everything 
everything that I hate about Pump. Uh, welcome to, hi, I came from 4Panel. What the hell is this crap? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that- Is this what this is degenerating into? <laughs> there's a funny thing. I So, I don't know, there's probably pictures of this. Unfortunately, they got stolen. Uh, so, I had these glasses. I I spent 200 tickets on these um these pink- sunglasses and i wore them when i first started playing ranked so i was wearing like shades as i was playing because it made everything dark i'm also just a weird person i get headaches really easily and so the bright flashiness just made me feel uncomfortable um i don't know i have a motion sickness problem that may be really irrelevant and just sound like really weird but it just i hated the flashiness uh and so like yeah i would literally wear sunglasses when i first started playing ranked because i'd rather have the whole thing be bga dark uh some people call that cheating i just call that being a tactical uh though well no one's gonna no one's gonna stop you from playing in shades <laughs> exactly um though the um the thing is uh when i went to otakathon in montreal for a tournament i went to go play some 2dx put my bag down just they gave everyone these otakathon bags with a just a plastic bag uh with like a flyer and i put my glasses in it and then someone accidentally takes my bag, so there goes my shades, bombing the tournament now because uh you know I think I think I think I I actually don't even remember because I was so tired <laughs> that that's why I messed up. But I'm pretty sure for um my division BJ Dark was allowed. But anyways, yeah, from a wise person once told me, aka someone who plays a lot of pump, aka actually the most um highest EXP ranked pump player in all of Canada. Shout out to KK Walker. Uh, he said, this is just how pump works. And I, I argued that so much. And like the ITG player in me, I wanted to be like, yeah, but we can make this better. We can make our own custom things. We can fix this game. But then I realized this isn't a community driven game. And if the game is like this, you kind of just have to adapt. And so some people say, well, that's the difficulty of ranked. Ranked is meant to be, and I kind of, I don't like this rationale, but it's kind of grown on me because now I understand it, not saying I respect it or believe it, but I understand it, is that ranked is supposed to be like the, the I don't know, the best part of the game. And so the game is meant to be played uh, with the BGAs. That's why they're in the game. And so uh, you shouldn't have modifiers that adjust the game, except for speed mods, of course, because uh, that's how, that's the difficulty of the game. The game is meant to have BGAs. It's part of the game, so you should be able to play with BGAs. And so that's why ranked is so intense. They tighten the timing window, they brighten the background, they make it impossible to see. Uh, that's part of the difficulty. So that's a dumb difficulty for a music game turning into a I can't see game. Um, they're really testing your your color abilities and your brightness detection or something, which really seems irrelevant to me. But if that's the difficulty of ranked, then I guess that's the difficulty of ranked. And if that's why I still can't see that one part in crossover D5, D4, D14, yeah, if that's why I keep messing up that song because I literally can't see, then it's not my fault for not being able to see because that's that's why you play ranked to learn how to see adapt improvise overcome yeah that's uh so anyone coming from four panel want to try out pump uh just go with it the game's stupid i know just go with it it's somehow growing on me and it's grown on me enough to uh, make this whole thing and talk about it all the time uh and play all the time so i guess it's not that bad of game but there's something about how stupid some aspects are of the game are like i thought konami did weird things but some things about this game- <laughs> 
yeah some things about this game i just i can't and i just i i take it as part of the difficulty and part of the challenge and if everybody else does it that's another thing that you have to learn with pump if everybody else does it then so can i if there's a stupid stream here well if everybody else does it then i guess i have to learn how to do it you know you can you can see Fifam's going back to the dumb old church and, and just assessing them because he's proving Endemir wrong. Like, yeah, you thought this might be impossible five years ago? Suck it. Oh my god. I assessed it. There's this uh, video of him double-assing that flight of the butterfly rat. Oh, Bimera. What is it? Yeah, is it the one that's like... And it's like... The one with a bunch of staircases and trills. Yeah, that song... That's like, I mean, I mean, I can see like how it's possible to SS, but then you remember that it's five panel and there's crossovers and crossover drills on your toes. Like, what is that crap? But uh, yeah, if FMs can do it, we all can, right? Yeah, no. I mean, he's got those that, green pads, what? though. That's just that's a secret. If you've seen him play Sight de la Rue, that dumb S28 where you have to like mash all five panels because it's an easy to AC convert, he does exactly that. He mashes all five panels because the pads are so good. Like it just works. He can actually bracket five panels. I'll say I I played on uh, Happy Feet like Seth's pad. Um, it's a uh, for anyone who can buy their own pad. I love that you can do that as you mentioned earlier with Pump It Up. Uh, I would if I could, if I had the room and the money for that. Um, but it's such a nice experience, especially because his pads are so nice. He modded them himself and maintains them himself. Uh, and the game just works. And a lot of charts, it's uh, frustrating because you see things and you're like, well, um, and it's hard not to get down on it. But one thing you really have to knock it down on is you're like, okay, well, this is, I see how this works, but it's 10 times harder for me because then I have to, account for my pads and so what i oh yeah yeah and like i'm not the best player uh in ontario of course and so what i like to say is like if i see someone better than me able to do that on the exact same pads as me it's a little bit more reassuring that i can do it too i mean uh it's not really the best rationale because i'm sure they'd still be better on better pads but if somebody is still able to pass a certain song on the same equipment as you then you should be able to as well um definitely yeah yeah unfortunately if the best player is listening to this then that's that's too bad but i'm sure that being the best player at pump they probably have learned by then don't get annoyed and blame the pads um don't be an itg player i guess oh yeah i've been there i've done that (laughs) um i talking about pump pads i actually realized that i haven't talked about chq's pads at all managed to avoid that should we touch on that yeah sure go ahead so chq is very weird to say the least it is not a huge company it is run by a few people Eh, staff come and go um that's another story but um (laughs) so since this cab was owned by not chq owned by a, a individual the individual requested that um, CHQ not mess with the pads or mod them without permission or while the individual was there. This is because CHQ has a long history of random players uh, coming to the arcade, playing, opening up the pads, moving stuff around without telling anyone, and then 
it was chaos for like a few years. So to avoid this, this individual who spent a, quite a fair bit of money on this cab kindly requested that people don't mod the pad without him being there. This was hard because this person was very, very busy and had a life of their own that was outside the arcade, which means that pad modding was very, very spotty. And I'll describe the pads in their current state. Um, you're going to cringe at the... You're going to cringe at me hearing... Well, anyway, when people are describing the state of the pad, they describe it as either P1 or P2. Ah, uh, yes. And that is uh, the old ITG mentality that is residual in our community. So some people, like especially this manager at CHQ, only plays singles. He's like single 25s now. He's pretty insane. But Damn. Um, since he kind of has the say on a lot of things, the pads are modded so that the quote-unquote P1 side is super flush and sensitive, but the quote-unquote P2 side is a lot lower. Which means that doubles players are basically shafted because we can't bracket the middle arrows because one side is raised and one side isn't. Oh yeah, Rec Room is quite similar to that and uh, Gabe, Geb, Game Time used to be uh, for a bit because uh, Nathan, the person who modded, just did one side at a time uh, for time things. But as I like to say when I go to Rec Room, if you don't, if you don't love me at my P1, you don't deserve me at my P2. Oh god. It's uh yeah, terrible, but I thankfully I do I, I still enjoy singles. I mean, it's annoying that I can't play doubles if I have the option to in these days because I'm trying to get my singles or my doubles level cap up to my singles level cap before I fully call myself a singles player and dedicate myself to that life. Um but I I just like so I will play singles at um some places where it's like that. But uh, it's, yeah, it's very frustrating and unfortunate. So I'm sorry to hear that, especially because that's your only place to play. Yeah, unless I want to drive out an hour and I can't drive. <laughs> um, yeah. We're hoping that the pad situation gets better and the owner of the machine hears us out on it. But um, Well, if he's listening. There's a yeah, hopefully. There is a little bit of uh, internal conflict going on at that arcade right now, but... Um, that's more personal. That's to be discussed in chat, but it is a it is affecting how and who does the pads. When there's a community which is of people, just in general, there's always going to be something, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. Pads have always been a touchy subject in our community, and I'm sure in many others. And I think um, one thing I really admire about pure pump it up players because it's weird to meet people like that but a lot of people are now like that it's just people who started on pump and they never really i mean maybe they played a bit of four panel but pump is their main oh well, i guess what they grew up with what they learned to like dance games with is that they seem to be a lot more carefree and not just literally not they don't yell and things but um they uh they seem to just uh just go with things a lot more and the un fortunate thing about uh playing five panel is that if you complain about everything uh you're just gonna stunt your own personal growth and somebody else who's just uh i mean i'm sure they're still frustrated that the pads aren't great but they're still gonna find a way to play anyway they're gonna improve a lot faster than everyone else because they're not afraid to play other songs so the pads will just be like no i'll, I'll try it anyway and they don't seem to let those things bog them down and another reason as well why there's a lot of 
uh, drama, quote-unquote, in the um, ITG community is that, well, if people own their own cabs or mod them or whatever, if somebody was able to pass a 20-something on one cab uh, and post their score, a lot of people will say, well, if I was playing on your cab, I do this, and on my cab, I can only play this level. And so for competitive play and score sharing, it gets very... um, feisty i guess to say the least and so in tournaments people will blame the pads because that's not what they're used to and so one thing i do admire about uh ddr and pump especially with timing windows and off sync and everything because all the uh, cabs are the same hardware uh yeah some of them are a bit more modded but maybe more with ddr they're all the same hardware um you really uh don't have much to differentiate i mean once you adjust to a different pad and the distance and the location and the climate your performance should be the same it's not like impossible to do certain things but i've played on some itg machines where i'm like okay i shouldn't be able to pass this this is out of my level cap let alone get this good of a score or oh this machine feels really early this is weird uh, or things like that so it really it helps for the competitive scene to just have that sort of stabilized like oh yeah all the pads are generally the same or the sync is generally the same um this is just how the game is you just kind of have to go with it that's nice to have that consistency i do agree yeah when it's frustrating i just try to think like that like meh i just gotta play this dumb game yeah unfortunately i've had to avoid some songs like this is the opposite of what you said because i have that itg mentality i've actually avoided playing some songs because i think i see like on youtube in the chart that it has like a a double blue note bracket hold and i just think to myself i am not going to be able to pull that off at chq but um i think that i should at least give it a shot because I mean, I may not weigh that much to actually trigger the arrows, but there is some technique that you can use to compensate for that, like curling your foot or uh, like lowering your your body to the pad. Yeah, but um, um, shoes actually really matter a lot more in Canada or the Americas. I find if he knows for Femmes, he doesn't wear the same shoes all the time. Sometimes, sometimes he'll even play in just casual shoes, and it's because if the arrows are working properly, it really shouldn't matter what shoes you use, and so... Because here the arrows don't work as well. You really have to curl your toes and pay attention to how much pressure you're putting on the arrows. So having thinner shoes, more arch shoes is really helpful. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because I mean, like as long as stage break is off, it's worth a try. Uh, But there are some like when I am at Rec Room, for example, the blue blue doubles um, or the red 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 like middle brackets i mean i'm not the best at those brackets anyway i'm still trying to practice more brackets but uh just having other players say as well like oh yeah you don't want to play them on these pads it's uh thankfully i do i don't usually play there uh but if if i did i mean i still tried a few because i just wasn't ranking them and things like that so it's it's unfortunate but it's something you just have to deal with Hopefully we can get more technicians slash community members in the future to get these pads to where they need to be. Uh, You were talking about how footwear doesn't really matter in Asia, especially where the pads are a lot better. I actually remember, you've probably seen that quadruple play on pump that this guy made from a bunch of ECS files. I love that. Yeah. Uh, 
that guy does actually play a lot of pump. I saw on his channel, um, his regular footwear are these things that look to be Crocs. I was going to say, are you going to bring up the Crocs? It seems that yeah, yeah. everyone in Korea, there's a craze of like a bunch of 12-year-old Asian kids that I see playing in Crocs. You'll just see people playing in Crocs randomly. Like, okay. <laughs> Can't do that. I mean, I think that's kind of... Uh... I mean, I don't know how it affects the gameplay. I, I hope they're well-fitted Crocs. Otherwise, they're going to be flying off your feet while you're playing. But um, it seems that footwear really does not matter in the Asia, like the Asian countries. Because I've even seen like Thailand, like arcades in Thailand where lots of people play barefoot. And they're getting these insane scores. They're playing these really hard charts. Mm. And I just think to myself, like, how are you not cutting your foot on the pads? Like, I know the pads are supposed to be all flush with the new design. But still, these are metal pads. I, yeah, I played uh, I played barefoot the other day. Uh, I wasn't supposed to go to the arcade, but we all know how that works out. I was in the area, literally wearing a dress and sandals. So I'm like, I guess I have to play barefoot. And I ate an S20 like that. And... Honestly, I was surprised because it was just the last song, spare the moment, the arcade was closing kind of thing. But then I realized, like, it's actually not that bad if you're on a really flush pad. Though it was the same arcade play. That's a big if. Yeah, it is the same arcade Palladium with the uh, with the other pad, which I, I tried playing in socks on it. And I was literally cutting my foot, so I had to get off because it was the, uh, the Prime 1 really old GX um, yeah, so that didn't work and the sandals would literally fall off my feet like I couldn't walk in them that well I, I don't know why I wore those sandals it was a bad choice but uh, I was half trying to handicap myself because I really wasn't supposed to play too much pump that day uh, trying to have a rest day but yeah yeah you, sometimes you just can't you can't help but go into the arcade pop a coin and <laughs> That certainly has happened to me. Like, um, I I had work training recently, and my work happens to be right beside eSpot, which is this arcade that I mentioned before. Um, eSpot, I actually didn't... I don't think I talked enough about eSpot, since it's a quite a unique arcade with two, not one, but two 2DX cabs. Whoa, wait, uh, you guys like, have 2DX cabs in public arcades in Canada, or sorry, in Vancouver, that surprises me. That that could be a whole nother thing itself. We don't need to get onto that bag bandwagon, but I'll probably ask you about that later because we don't have any place to play 2DX. Like I play 2DX at home. I just have a FP7 DJ DAO. But yeah, yeah. the the shrinking 2DX community in Canada is an entire subject in and of itself that would not. This is not the place to get into it. But um. <laughs> Uh, on the topic of passing by the arcades after my work training, I think about it for a second, but I always just end up going to eSpot and popping a coin into like Drum Mania or something. Oh my gosh, if we had Drum Mania still, I haven't played that since I was like 10, at least at, we in, have, in Canada. We have like six of them here for no reason. We have the it's hilarious. Or I guess that one's eAmusement, so probably not, but the... No, it's like V8 or something. That's what oh, okay. we have. The Gitadora caps, I've only played on them in round one, of course. But they're the nicest. So I, I just, I wish we had non-dance games in um, Ontario, like, except for, like, I mean, at home. But sometimes you want to go to the arcade and you don't want to get sweaty. 
but uh, there's only dance games here, mm-hmm. so it's either like I'm gonna get all sweaty and be sweaty for the rest of the day, or I don't play. It'd be cool if uh, I know there's a private pop and music cab somewhere in Ontario that gets brought out for anime, re- uh, not anime revolution. Anime that's North. what we have here. Yeah, it was a first yeah. year that we had a the pop and cab because we usually have controllers. It was nice. Um, very fun, but uh, I don't know if you've heard, but the person who usually runs the uh, rhythm game room, he's been running it for the last 12 years or something, is uh, now retired. Uh, honestly, Anime North is getting worse and worse every year. Uh, but uh, Otakathon actually had two pop-in controllers. I think that seems to be the better music game destination, aside from the fact that the DDR Supernova cab is pretty trashy, but... I mean, I don't go there for DDR anyways. Oh man, two popping controllers. Yeah, and uh, the rotation was barely anything because sadly, I mean, fortunate for me, but also kind of sad, barely anyone plays uh, Bimani games that aren't DDR. And even the DDR, because the cab wasn't that well, it was a long line, but mostly normies. Uh, sorry, I use that term un- unironically. It was just a joke at first, but now I just, it's my vocabulary. Uh, Same here, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so I had, like, 2DX controller playing Empress to myself for, like, the entire weekend, pretty much. And, like, Sound Voltex was a bit more popular, uh, but still, barely any people playing it. And that was, like, almost 24-hour open, like, till, like, 4 a.m. or something crazy. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, but this has kind of turned into the tangent cast. Uh, I feel like we should cut off here, but definitely... Yeah, it's... It's been an hour and forty-five minutes. We're well into this, well into this podcast, man. I I would definitely like to have you back for another, another some kind of ramble. Uh, probably be like sure. yeah, rambles part two or something. Maybe even I was thinking of some two DX or something episode. Also, shout out to Cindy because so not trying to throw shade. I love Nim calling you out, girl. I post a photo of some two DX cabs on my insta and she replies like "Ooh, that arcade looks fun where is that and i tell her where it is and i'm like you play 2dx and she's like what's 2dx and i was like oh okay and i'm like it's the thing in the picture and she's like oh that just looked fun i'm like did she thought that was exposed yeah, exposed like did she think that was a DJ <laughs> machine I, she only plays pump she doesn't play anything else so i mean i don't blame her the scene is kind of small but i was just like oh yeah like i think some people it's funny because i'll post um i'll post pictures of 2dx controllers and stuff people be like asking me on like facebook or something like oh you're a dj like oh that's so cool make some music it's not oh man it's not a, no. yeah it's no and like my sound voltage controller isn't a synthesizer my 2dx controller isn't a dj turntable i'm just a person that we, plays games we need an entire uh red uh subreddit dedicated to rhythm game normies oh i feel like that oh, could that could be filled up very easily normie episode normie stories normie misconceptions normie hey uh did you memorize the song <laughs> basically just i think that word summarizes oh, yeah. that definitely should have let's not give it let's not give away too much oh yeah totally but yeah i think that's uh that's it for now so uh yeah that's a good place to end yeah. it before it gets too crazy and just a quick announcement we have a twitter no one seems to follow it it's okay i forget to tweet all the time but anyways that's a really bad promo but it's uh at pump it up canada twitter and for those who don't know, I mean, I don't know how you're listening to this. If you're, this is not on SoundCloud. So whatever, we're no longer on SoundCloud. I keep butchering that. Anyways, we're no longer on SoundCloud. Whatever you're listening 
to this on is fine. I don't know why you would change it, but yeah, for those who forgot or whatever, just announcement. As of the last few episodes, we're no longer on SoundCloud. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, RSS, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, like a bunch of other things um, that you can find in all of our descriptions. And uh, there's... Oh yeah, we also have a YouTube, but I keep forgetting to upload episodes, so I wouldn't recommend that. But yeah, thanks for listening. Hey. Yeah, new episodes every Monday, but usually by Tuesday. So have a nice, uh, nice evening or whatever time. Good night, everyone. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever time. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to anyone who actually hung in until the end or just skipped here. Uh, hello, if you just skipped here. Anyway. <laughs> oh no, it's crazy. Uh, the dance game community uh to all your end listeners most people do listen till the end because like i said the community is so small for music games but they're so dedicated this one episode i'm I still get people messaging me about it i'm sorry i messed up the audio like right at the end in the last five minutes literally the day the episode comes out people are messaging me like why is the audio weird at the end like oh it sounds bad like people are overlapping i'm like that's literally the end of an episode it was like the first one hour episode and that's when i'm like oh these episodes can be three hours and people would still listen till the end i guess because pump well i guess this is the first test of that yeah if you're if you made it this far follow the twitter no i don't know (laughs) if you made it this far uh and you are in the west coast of anywhere i guess uh come check out our west coast rhythm games uh discord that is another discord that i'm in wow it's pretty great sick well uh yeah thanks for listening and uh, see you guys 